Coming up on today's show, we know that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are two of the best in the Big Ten and in all of this draft class, but with all the similarities between them, they've kind of been packed together in the conversations leading up to the draft. We'll ask Jay Stevens, what are the differences that make these two stick out between each other and over everybody else here on Locked On Big Ten? Are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Big Ten. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Thanks for making the show your first listen every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show is brought to you by Stat Hero. Uh, Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. A good show lined up for you today. Again, Jay Stevens is going to be in here in just a minute to talk about Malachi Branham declaring for the NBA draft, something that happened since the last time we talked. But also, we've got news coming in of, or, or I guess news coming in constantly, of the top two receivers in this draft, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. You can argue if they're the top two, but the top two coming out of the Big Ten, and a lot of people think they could be the first two receivers taken out of this draft, period. So... With so many similarities between these two guys, similar 40 numbers, similar height and weight numbers even, what are some of the differences between the two? And what is it that makes them really stand out to NFL prospects, of course, in general? We'll talk to Jay about that in just a minute. First, we'll get you any of the news that you may have missed over the weekend in the Big Ten. Uh, it was Big Ten Men's Gymnastics Championships over the weekend. Paul Judah was named Big Ten Gymnastics of or Gymnast of the Championships out of Illinois. Coach Ron Zhao named the Coach of the Year. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I, I'm not sure if I am. Uh, in other basketball-related news, a couple of Big Ten representatives going into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Minnesota coach Lindsey Whalen, who led the Gophers to the Final Four as a player, and head coach Teresa Grentz of Rutgers and Illinois, both elected to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Of course, big congratulations to them. Uh, in other news, Ethan O'Donnell was named a National Baseball Player of the Week out of Northwestern. Of course, big ups to him. Congratulations there. We're just running through everything that happened over the weekend. Oscar Shibwe from Kentucky was named the Naismith National Player of the Year. Just a, a note, not a Big Ten note, but it was three Big Ten players who were nominated for that award. None of them ended up getting it. Shibwe won AP Player of the Year and Naismith Player of the Year as well for the Wildcats. Uh, in women's gymnastics, Michigan and Minnesota are headed to the Women's Gymnastics National Championships. Other representatives from teams will include Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, and Ohio State, also sending reps to the national championships in the women's gymnastics side. Uh, that's a look around just some of the things that you may miss over the Big Ten weekend. In a second, we're going to have Jay Stevens in to chat about basketball and football recruits for Ohio State. Malachi Branham has declared for the NBA draft. We'll talk to Jay about his prospects going into draft season. And also, it's getting to be that time for Garrett Wilson and Chris Lave, a couple of first-round prospects at wide receiver. 
who are they as individuals that make them so different from everybody else and how can we separate them from each other because it's been kind of hard to do as two guys who have really similar resumes going into this pre-draft process that's coming up with jay here on locked on big 10 it's the day of the national championship and while your bracket may well be busted by now that doesn't mean you have to be out of ways to play and stat hero has new ways for you to play and again it's not like any other really daily fantasy sports site that you have out there i've said this before when we've talked about stat hero but that's because it's true it's for a couple of reasons. One, Stat Hero has a whole bunch of different ways to play. Of course, the, the brackets that you make all the time are great, but they've got outstanding college player props that you can get in on and put together a fantasy lineup for where you play against not the thousands of people that you might encounter on some of the other daily fantasy sites, but instead a Stat Hero lineup that either you choose or you know before you pick your lineup so you get to see what stat hero is going to put up against you and then it's just you against the book in the games that stat hero plays you can go over to stathero.com right now and take a look and at stathero.com slash locked on you can get a 100 percent deposit match when you sign up it's stathero.com slash locked on use promo code locked on for a 100 percent match Stathero.com slash locked on and the promo code also locked on. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Thanks for making the show your first listen every weekday. Alongside the host of Locked On Buckeyes, Jay Stevens, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to try and separate here the two Ohio State wide receivers who seem to just get kind of packed together whenever we talk about these pre-draft rankings and things. That'll happen in just a second. But first, while we've got you here to start things out, Jay, a big weekend, obviously, in college basketball. Not for the Big Ten, unfortunately, but we did see history being made on Saturday in the Final Four. Your thoughts on both games, uh, of course, I feel like we got to start with that Duke-UNC game, too. Yeah, man, that Duke-UNC game, it was everything you wanted and a whole lot more close down to the final stretch. Uh, I did believe the game came down to free throws, and I won't go too much far into breaking down the game, but I just love watching Coach K lose. Uh, I had <laughs> never been a Duke fan. I've always been a North Carolina guy. And seeing Coach K lose his final regular season home game, a loss to North Carolina, and then going out, his final game ever coaching is an L by the hands of the Tar Heels. It was just fun to watch. Um, it's also fun to see how good Kansas is playing right now. The Villanova, a phenomenal basketball team, but they just found a team in Kansas that had too many dudes, really good players on their team, and Villanova could not get any further than the Final Four in this year's tournament. Kansas versus North Carolina. Two, co two teams that Roy Williams coached, and the guy that's following him up is now coaching both of the squads. Bill Self followed Roy, Roy Williams at Kansas. Hubert Davis now following Roy, Roy Williams at uh, North Carolina. Uh, Roy Williams, at his, no, excuse me, Hubert Davis, first-year coaching, is in the national championship game. Um, Bill Self trying to get another ring, add that to his collection. Uh, great little numerous storylines for this game. Um, but really, I think the storyline that I'm going to keep going with all week long, no matter who wins tonight's game, is that Coach K lost his final game and the Tar Heels were the team that beat him. It just brings a smile on my face that knowing Coach K is going out and he's not winning a ring this year. It was always the Roy Williams retirement tour. I, I think <laughs> my take's always been with Duke. It's uh, one of those hateful situations in sports that kind of everyone is happy with how they're feeling about it. Like if you're not a Duke fan, you love hating Duke. If you're a Duke fan, you love being hated. 
So everyone was obviously at full 100% on Saturday night. And uh, of course, the uh, haters ended up happy. And I'm putting myself in that camp, too. Now, let's get back to Big Ten basketball, Jay. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, we saw, as the last time we talked, this had not yet been decided. Malachi Branham has decided that he's at least going to test the waters of the NBA draft, see exactly where he stands, did leave the door open for coming back to Ohio State. But as he makes his de- declaration to that draft pool here over the weekend, uh, how are you feeling about how he feels about his NBA prospects? I think it's a little interesting situation for him. He's he's a recipient, and he's able to go through the NBA draft process. I believe the date that he has to withdraw, if he's going to withdraw, is June 1st. So those are it's, it's a date that we all need to remember. June 1st, will Branham stay in the, in the draft? Will he go? Malachi Branham, I called him a flourishing freshman throughout the season because once he realized how to play college basketball, his points per game in each month went up, 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 up. I mean, you could go from the first month of the basketball season to the final month. And if you just took the games from that month, you would see a progression in points per game and really more, he got more comfortable in the game and the feel and realized these guys can't really stop me if I'm in the mid range. Now, some guys can, Brandon's not a perfect prospect, but he did find ways to score consistently during certain areas on certain areas of the game. So it's a great thing for him that he's able to go through the, the pre-draft process um, where the NBA allows you to go through this process, listen to scouts, listen to coaches, listen to what they have to say, how they evaluate your game, see where you're going to fall. Will you be a late first round pick, middle first round pick, a lottery pick? And then you, your people, your coach, your family, whoever's in your circle, help make they help make you, they help you make, excuse me, the proper decision for your future. So it was a decision that I think the timing of it was was weird, only because from Ohio State side, you got Jamari Wheeler who entered his name into the NBA draft the day before. And then you have, well, that same week, then you had Malachi Branham do it on Friday. Um, On Saturday, they picked up a transfer from Tanner Holden, a right state guard. So it's been a busy week for Ohio State basketball. The same week, there's football stuff going on. So I'm not trying to, like, deviate. I'm just saying, like, the timing and all this news, all this stuff that's going on on the basketball side, it's not really normal for this time of year because Ohio State might have one guy going to the NBA draft, not two, not three. And it's normally normally football talk dominates everything. But on Monday show, it's all basketball because I, mean, I can't get away from these topics. They're big. It is. It's big. Uh, and again, we're going to talk more football here in just a minute, too, with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on the other side of things. But uh, sticking with Branham for G- at least a little bit longer, Jay, it, it seemed like, and I read a quote from him when he declared that he, he was – going to go test things out and see and if he ended up at least the way that I read it. And again, I didn't actually hear him say it. So maybe I, I was just reading things and misinterpreting, but it seemed like he was saying like, if I got a chance to be a first round pick here, I'm going to take that chance. And when I've looked at mock drafts, it seems like he could easily go in the first round. I mean, what do you think are the chances that he comes back here to Ohio state? See, now this is interesting because I saw the same thing where it's first round or first round I'm staying. If not first round, I'm yeah. going. And I don't always think that that's the wisest decision. I don't. Um, I'm always a person that says, could another year in college help you get a second contract, a solid second contract? The first contract you're going to get basically automatically by being a first round draft pick. Second round, you're probably going to get one. You could be a 2A player like Dwayne Washington Jr. was from, from Ohio State this past year for the Indiana Pacers, and he split time with the Fort Wayne Maddens as well. So do you want to be a two-way player, a two-way G League NBA guy? Do you want to be a guy in the first round that gets drafted but 
really doesn't get into um, a second contract or do you want to get a solid second contract? And so I think it's very interesting because that may be his mindset now. He's a freshman. He's, what, 18, 19 years old. Most people, I know when I was his age, I was not thinking about contracts for three to four years. I was not thinking about making millions of dollars. Those weren't in my, those cars weren't in front of me. So I didn't have that opportunity. So I'm curious to see how maybe his parents or whoever's in his circle, um, maybe his high school coach. I think it's Coach Drew, who's been a um, well, kind of a staple right there in St. Vincent St. Mary there um, in Ohio for yeah, same guy that coached LeBron James as well. And then Chris Holtman, who Chris Holtman's getting more acquainted with this process as well, went through it last year with E.J. Liddell and Dwayne Washington Jr., and he's going to get again with Malachi Branham. My personal opinion, if it's first-rounder bust, and I mean top 30, I would not suggest that. I would say if you're going to be a lottery pick, or maybe maybe 15, maybe 16 stay, but if, they, if they're hearing you're going to be 20 to 30 and you work on the same things that they tell you to work on in the offseason – and you could easily be a lottery pick next year, that might be my thing of my move for him. He's going to get the first contract. I have seen a guy in Romeo Langford that plays that used to play in Southern Indiana, go to Indiana for one year, should have stayed in school, went to the Boston Celtics, and he's not been that kind of player that people thought he was going to be because his mindset didn't transform, and he didn't change his game to the play of the level that he is at. And I think Romeo Langford may have been a lottery pick, maybe a latter part of the lottery picks in that year that he got drafted. So Brandon's a really good basketball player. I would not deny that. But if it's first round stay, second round, come back to school, I'd be a little hesitant on that, on that advice. If it's a surefire lottery pick, absolutely stay. I think he'll be a lottery pick next year if he comes back to Ohio State because the ball handling issues he had this year, those guys in the NBA, it will eat him for lunch every single day. Is, is that what needs to improve here? Because that's where I wanted to go as well. Because while having that kind of youth is valuable to the NBA draft and having the money that's real right there now is different than the hypothetical money that you have here later. Mm -hmm. He is someone who's watching three Big Ten players, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, uh, Jaden Ivey, all three in their sophomore years just take huge steps and propel themselves into surefire top 10 picks now in this draft. So if he does decide to come back, I guess that's the question. Is there enough for him to build on and gain where he can make that kind of a step? Because right now where I'm seeing it, it's like kind of right outside that draft lottery range for him. And if he can make it up that 10 picks, it matters, but that's a really, really hard leap to make for a college basketball player, especially going into his second year when there's a new crop of one and duns coming in. Yeah, it's one of those things where if I'm th thinking off the top of my head about ways that Malika Branham can improve it right now, even if he goes to the NBA, how can he improve immediately to be a better player in the fall, no matter what league he's in versus where he is right now? Number one, it's auto automatically ball handling. Ohio State's mm -hmm. Um, had too many turnovers at the end of the season, and it wasn't all that weren't all on him. Like he did, he did become a bigger piece of the offense and a better ball handler throughout the season. But he was really loose at the basketball, even sometimes on his drives to the basket to create in the mid range. I'm thinking, get that ball closer to your hip, don't have it so far out. Now, granted, you have the length and you are getting better at really controlling the ball and the better ball handling skills, but get that thing closer to you, tighter dribbles, don't have it so loose out. This is college. These are college guys, 18 to 22 years old, maybe 23, 24, maybe 25, depending on eligibility, red shirts, COVID years, all that stuff. 
you're going to be going up, going up against guys that are 25 to 35 years old that have grown men's strength that have been playing this league for a very long time and they don't care about you. You're on the opposition. All they care about is taking that ball from you. And if they get a little rough with you, so be it. These are grown men. Tighten the basketball, tighten that dribbling up. I, I think it's one thing he could work on. Of course, automatically defense and jump shooting. I do think those are two things that could get better. His mid-range game is not normal for a guy that's a freshman in college basketball. So that's one thing that he has gotten a whole lot better at. Um, but jump shooting is one thing. Of course, you could always improve on that. His jump shooting has gotten better. But I do think probably, I do I would also say defense, um, defense and then strength, like physical strength. If you look at guys like a Johnny Davis, Keegan Murray, um, Jaden Ivey, who they're, they're skinny and like basketball players, but there's a jump between physicality and how they physically look between their freshman to sophomore years. Even a guy in Michi Johnson, who is not a he's a rotational piece, but he's not as important to the team as Malachi Branham, EJ Liddell, or maybe even Jamari Wheeler, who per- announced he's going to the NBA draft as well. Michi Johnson took a big jump physically, like physically looking at him from year one to year two. I think the physicality look and the physical look that Branham can just make take a jump in from staying in school physically, strength-wise, I think that's a wise way for him to stay in school. Um, I, I would advise him to stay in school because from the small drafts I've, I've seen, um, I think it is better for him to stay in school and just perfect and do the same things you talked about with Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, and Jaden Ivey. Um, but physical strength, man, because you're 18. These guys are going to be 28, 30, 32. He may see the 23, 24, 25-year-olds. These guys, this is grown, This is a different brand of basketball. Um, and I do think he could help himself with that second contract, drastically improve his, himself by staying in school to get that, get that thing, the length of it, and more money um, four or five years down the road. Well, Malachi Branham's going to have a decision to make, but as Jay mentioned, he's still got some time to make it up until the start of June, a couple of months here before they end up making those official, official decisions. Jay Stevens with us here on Locked On Big Ten. We're going to talk football in just a second. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, two wide receivers who have been kind of put together in a lot of pre-draft conversations. We're going to try and separate the two. What are the differences? What can each team that drafts each one individually expect when they get on the field? That's coming up here in just a second on Locked On Big Ten. Bet online is your one-stop shop for anything that you need as far as online sports betting goes. From getting the information, like say Masters Championships coming up this week that you got to get in the know on before you put any money in. From just getting your bets in as well. They can get you anything that you may need. Again, all wrapped into one service at Bet Online. It's, again, everything that you need. From the information to all the props, lines, and odds that you could ever imagine putting any sort of money on you can do it all over at bet online where the game starts back in on locked on big 10 alongside jay stevens host of locked on buckeyes i'm nate dickinson we're talking now football recruits as ohio state as jay mentioned not usually used to having a whole bunch of recruits in both football and basketball getting ready to go to the pros but uh, the football side of things we are plenty used to by now a couple of premier wide receiver prospects coming out of the buckeyes system this year and it's occurred to me that these two players kind of just get thrown together, Jay, whenever we talk about them. And it's obviously for good reason. They play on the same team. They're both kind of, when you look at the numbers, at least the same kind of wide receiver. They're looking to go in similar spots in the NFL draft. They're looking to potentially be the first two wide receivers picked in this NFL draft. So 
When you look at Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave, these two guys who are going to be prime time NFL prospects wherever they go, what are the things that separate the two of them since there is so much that is so similar between them? Wilson, Garrett Wilson, that is, and Chris Alave, they are two receivers that if your team needs a receiver, you'll want to have one of them or both of them. If your team doesn't need a receiver, you'll want both of them. Doesn't matter if you need one, you don't need one, you'll want both on your team. They have different things they bring to the table. They both run uh, four three forty. So if you want to, if you're somebody that has a uh, uh, a list and you're checking off things, well, they're going to check off that box. They both run four three. So that's something that we cannot dispute. They both ran him at the combine, and Olave really blew heads away with that. But we all know he was fast. We all knew Garrett Wilson was fast. We all know that they're both athletic individuals. I think Garrett Wilson separates himself in this conversation because his route running is next level. Inter- short route running, intermediate route running, and then deep thirds route running. He's, a- he's able to beat you in every single level. The one, one of the knocks I have against Chris Olave is his slender frame. Now, you may say, Jay, his weight is one thing. Okay, yeah, his weight's great. But he's, he's slender. You look at him on the field, he is a very skinny, for a wide receiver skinny, and a football player. And I, I've always been hesitant about that. I think Garrett Wilson could come in with his route running ability, his speed, his athleticism, his ability to go up and get the ball. I mean, we saw the, the catch he had against Clemson uh, during the 2019, I believe, Sugar Bowl or whatever bowl it was. I don't really care because Ohio State lost, but whatever bowl that whatever bowl name that was, um, we saw how he went up on the first drive that Ohio State had. It went up, literally went up to get the ball. Two hands went up, um, showed off what I thought was a 40 inch vertical, didn't test that way at the combine, but he showed off that way. Alave will beat you deep. Do I think Alave can go up and get the ball? He's made some really good contested catches. I think a lot, I think Wilson is better at the, at the contested catches where you have to go up and get them. Um, I do think, though, that the route running um, and the different ways that Wilson can beat you in the route running is one area that he has separated himself versus Chris Olave. Two really good wide receivers. Um, two guys that can play slot or the outside as well. So it's not like getting one guy who can play slot only or one guy that can play outside only. They can be, play both. But, of course, if I'm putting Olave in the slot, in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, is a linebacker going to come from across the field and break him in half. Now, granted, the rules don't do what they used to. Don't allow you to do what they used to do. If you do them, you're going to get penalized. But there's no more Chris Alave, not Chris Alave. Um, Chad Ochocinco and Ray Lewis were, <laughs> Chad Ochocinco's trying to block him, and Ray Lewis just folds him, puts him on the ground. Yeah, that might not happen. What you're going to find is, I think Wilson is probably the better prospect, and the route running is one area. that He's not only separated himself from Alave. Wilson has separated himself from other receivers in this draft class based off his route running ability. Well, I'm hearing it feels like Wilson's definitely the more pro ready receiver with that uh, ability that you mentioned. But uh, let's be real at this point in the NFL, if you're going to be a first round wide receiver, you're not only expected to kind of fit in right away. You kind of have to start showing that you're going to be able to start torching people right away, start really dominating here right away with guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. So uh, I'm hearing Wilson may be the more pro-ready receiver on that end. Where's the potential on the other side for Chris Olave? If I'm the team that takes Chris Olave, what, what am I as a fan looking forward to seeing from him on the field where it's going to be like, that's the thing where he can do it right away? You're going to get a guy that could be a phenomenal second piece, second receiver for you, maybe wide receiver two on your team, um, could be interchangeable from 
the wide receiver two position or even the slot position based off how the personnel groupings go and how the offense flows, how the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, how the head coach who might not be the OC um, or of course is not, but might not have a, might be have his hands more in the pot of the offense, how they kind of fit and choose their wide receivers. Do they want guys that can play the X, the Y and a Z, or do they want you to be the X or the Z and occasionally the slot? Now, granted X and Z are different, but sometimes those things are interchangeable based off personnel and things like that. So I'm really curious to see how that goes. But I think a solid wide receiver, too. He could probably start on day one. But if you want him to be your primary receiver automatically on day one, I would not go that way with the Lave right off the bat. If you want a wide receiver one that could come right in, get drafted, and then be that guy right away, I think that one player in this conversation is Garrett Wilson. Um, which is why I saw one mock draft recently had him going in the top 10. Yeah, just looking at I've taken a quick look and I feel like I know the answer a bit, but you obviously have looked more. How how confident are you that it'll be Wilson before Olave whenever we get to draft day and uh, this happens? Easy, easy. If I had 100 bucks and it was uh, top 10 or bust, and if he's top 10, I keep my money. If he's not top 10, you get the money. Um, I, I would make that bet right now easily. I'm not really a betting man. I uh, say not really. Occasionally, I do. I'm not really. I'm not going that road consistently. But no, I, I think he's he's a definite, definite top ten guy. I would now. I will say this: things get weird around the NFL. I said the same. I would have said the same thing about Justin Fields last year until two until right before the draft when people started making these weird accusations and weird things. And then Justin Fields goes what I think top number eleven. He was eleven. He, yeah. Number, he was number eleven last year, and then Mac Jones, I believe, was number fifteen. I don't think Justin Fields was the eleventh best player in last year's draft. I don't think Justin Fields was the fourth best quarterback in last year's draft coming out of college. Now, what I thought, what I believe, is that what I still think a lot of people believed, but when narratives come out, of course, that may change the decision makers' minds. But um, yeah, I think he's top ten. Uh, he's a top ten receiver, uh, top ten draft pick. Excuse me, in this class. Uh, are there any systems that you feel like these guys, either of them, would like really excel in? That's a little bit harder to kind of dive into when you're not looking at each individual team, really. But I, I feel like every once in a while, there's guys who you like look at NFL games, and it'd be really fun to just see them in that kind of a system. But I mean, with wide receivers, they're just kind of fun all around. I don't. Um, I'm not really that guy. Yeah. Um, especially right now, I haven't looked into it enough to know where they where they fit in. Um, so I can't say exactly what system it is. Um, I will say, though, with both guys, it's going to be interesting who the quarterback is for them. Because if you go to a guy, let's I saw, saw one mock draft that had uh, Garrett Wilson going to the Atlanta Falcons. Well, the Atlanta Falcons don't have, they have a new quarterback coming in. They no longer have Matt Ryan. They're looking to get weapons. They don't have Calvin Ridley. And so you're, and so you're trying to think, we think about those details there. Very interesting because – Garrett Wilson is going to have a little different learning curve, a little different introduction to the NFL because the guy who's going to be the quarterback was a backup last year. So those are different things there where the same mock draft had Chris Olave going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Think about this, though. You have Bruce Arians in the front office, who's a phenomenal NFL coach, been around for 20, maybe 30 years. don't know the exact length, but it's been at least 20 years. You have Tom Brady, the quarterback. You have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin out there as well. So you're not only having a guy in the front office who's been an NFL coach and seen a lot of things, you have a first ballot Hall of Famer and Tom Brady as your quarterback. And you have two really good receivers out there that can help you get used to the game. So I don't know the system. I think a lot, sometimes situations help players get better acclimated to the NFL and that brand of football versus college. So if 
what actually what I saw where Mariota could be Garrett Wilson's quarterback could be different than if you're getting into the NFL and Tom Brady is your quarterback and you have guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Bruce Arians in your ear helping you get used to the NFL game. Well, they're guys, again, with the skill sets to be able to, as we've talked about, the, the versatility with them is going to be a big plus on mm-hmm. draft day, too. Mm-hmm. They can play all over the field. So it's not like any team's really going to be out of the running for any of these guys if they need any sort of weapons at receiver. And, of course, we got plenty of time to talk more about this as the draft gets closer. Jay Stevens with us here on Locked On Big Ten. And you can always hear him, of course, on Locked On Buckeyes every day of the week, Monday through Friday, too. Uh, Jay, this will be our Monday show. So uh, do you know what you're doing for Tuesday yet? We can tell the people. Yeah, Tuesday we're doing a mock draft. It was supposed to be mock draft Monday. Had to get pushed back to Tuesday. Um, We're doing a little mock draft, going over the mock draft that I pinned at a little bit previously. Uh, Ryan Roberts from RiseInDraft.com will be on. I'm talking about why he has Olave and Wilson going in the first round, Where why he has them going, where he has them going. Um, talk a little there, Munford. Nicholas Petit Frayer, um, other draft picks that are available for Ohio State. Also look ahead to CJ Stroud and Dewan Jones and next year's little draft picky uh, draft stock and class as well. So a little 2022, close out with a little 2023, trying to get everything from Ryan that I can in the short amount of time I have him on Locked on Buckeyes. So it's all about mock draft season and Ryan does a phenomenal draft talking about the Ohio State prospects in this class and also next year's class as well. A whole lot going on at Locked On Buckeyes, and good to mention, too, of course, we only talked about two of the many, many recruits that could be going to the NFL from Ohio State here this year. So if you need to stay up to date on everything going on with the Buckeyes, of course, head on over to Locked On Buckeyes with Jay every weekday and, of course, wherever you're listening to the podcast right here, right now. Thanks again, Jay, as always, for joining us here on Locked On Big Ten. We'll talk to you again soon, and, of course, hopefully uh, maybe uh, – are you looking for uneventful week with – I guess it's transfer portal and stuff now. Less news is good news at this point. No, 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 no. Yeah. You, know, you mean portal? I think basketball, Ohio State desperately, desperately needs some news, good news, proper prospects being snagged out of the portal to um, the Ohio State basketball team. So, no, I want some news. I want some basketball news. Um, spring game's coming up. I can't deviate from that. But if Chris Holman says, hey, I got another, another, tra- another transfer, fans want to hear about it. Um, but yeah, no, I want, I, this is one of those weird times in April. I want news of acquisitions and people coming out of the portal to Ohio State. I won't always say that, but it's a need right now this time of year. All right, well, then hopefully plenty for you to do over the course of the next week before we talk again. Thanks as always, Jay. Thanks, Nate. It's fun.